Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of Comment Section. That's right, guys. We got another special for you. We did Soul last another time. One. This time we're getting to the other DC movie. I mean the other movie of 2020 we were really counting down for. Wonder Woman 1984. It's finally wow. here. Yes. We got to it 36 so many, years late, but we got there. So many delays. Remember how it was supposed to come out in 2019? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That didn't happen. All right, guys. Now, there what, there has been some news recently that we thought we'd pepper in. Some little oh, bit yes. of DC news. But we'll move from the DC movie universe to the DC television universe. And first of all, you know, why don't we just start with the thing that broke today? Yeah, sure. A few minutes Breaking ago. Breaking news. Yes. The CW, 12 minutes ago, dropped a trailer for my most hyped superhero project of 2021, Superman and Lois. We have a minute and 10 second trailer. I wow. guess I guess we can watch it real quick. <laughs> yeah. Did you want to bring it up on your on your own thing? Yeah. Let's let's do that. Superman and Lois. So one that says season trailer. And yeah. all their shows. I has, I was yeah. really impressed. I think they're making it diff cuz it's from they talked about from the creators of The Flash. Um, yeah. It's Aaron or Todd Helbing. I forget who it was. I think it's Todd Helbing who's the main showrunner for it. It is interesting how they're um, they're not going to use the same farm they used in the Elseworlds crossover, which was it's Todd Helbing who was the producer. The same farm from the Elseworlds crossover, which was also Smallville's, but maybe it's. Maybe it's because, you know, they want to put their own spin on it. Yeah. So, overall, um, I thought it was really cool. It's got an interesting premise, like, because yeah. in the comics, there's only one son, Jonathan. This one has two. And they're like, you lied to us all these years about you being Superman. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's a post-Crisis on Infinite Earths thing, so reality got a little messed with. I do like how it looks like we're seeing Lois and Clark's wedding. It looks like it is going to be able to, if you haven't caught up with like Arrow, Flash, Supergirl, you'll be able to jump in and see it right away. I like how it feels different from the Flash, like uh, tonally. Yeah. The suit. Oh my God. The suit looks great. Tyler Hoechlin. Yeah, I thought that looked cool. Once again, um, one of the definitive five. He has joined the ranks of George Reeves, Christopher Reeve, Dean Wayne, and Tom Welling as one of the definitive five Superman actors. Um, you know, Smallville could be a little bit of a creepy place. It's in the country, which we always say, avoid yeah, the country. Yeah, avoid the country. So, pretty creepy. Yeah, I'll be watching this trailer a lot. Or right now, I'm just trying to process everything I just saw. But yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah, with you'll the, have to watch it a few more times. Yeah, well, based on what you've seen, what do you think about this trailer? And is this the right <laughs> move for Superman? 
Um, I think that trailer definitely uh, made me feel a little bit more interested. Um, like I, I really haven't kept up with what the show's about to be about so much, but I think that trailer made it look uh, um, intriguing. I think so. I think it's the right direction. Um, I think it's a. I mean, like I said, I most of my Superman experience was from Smallville. So the fact that this feels like almost and they are going back to Smallville in the show. Yeah, and he's a different part of his life. Yeah, exactly. It's like Smallville, but a different part of his life. I I like that a lot. It's like Smallville season eleven, the closest thing we have besides that comic. Yeah, yeah. So that that is that is really cool. Yeah, I I I'm so excited. This um, watching this trailer did lead into uh, one story I wanted to quick get into. Superman and Lois. The premiere's been extended. Unfortunately, it means Flash has been delayed a week. But I don't care. I've been waiting ten years for Superman to come back to TV, and darn it, I've been waiting for five years for Tyler Hoechlin to be the one to be in his own show. Yeah. Superman Lois is going to have a ninety-minute premiere with a special 30-minute behind-the-scenes documentary that they're going to air afterwards. Hmm, cool. All right, so we do have one quick topic to bring up, and then we'll move into Wonder Woman. Sure. Exciting. Now, we talked about how every year the CW does their crossovers, right? It started with Flash and Arrow, and then last year we had Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, this they talked about how this year was going to be a smaller one. It was going to be between Superman and Batwoman. Now, for me, I'm not. I don't like the Batwoman show, so I was. That's not a crossover that excites me. But Carolyn Dries, who is the main showrunner of Batwoman, although I don't like what she's done, Batwoman. She was a story editor and writer on Smallville. And I've been rewatching yeah. season seven, which her name comes up in the credits all the time. She I found out she wrote one of my favorite episodes of the show. Hmm. So even though I don't like what she was doing with Batwoman, yeah. having this crossover made it so that A, we were gonna have another Superman episode this year. And mm, she's right. already proven herself that she does a great job writing Superman. And then we found out that this year's crossover has been canceled because of COVID-19 restrictions. Because because the show's quarantined by themselves, and they don't want to intermingle the shows. Yeah, yeah. So what do you think about canceling the next crossover? Honestly, I think if if we're going to lose a crossover... It should be this year because, let's be Crisis on Infinite Earths was a massive disappointment. Elseworlds before that was not that great. Now, those were run by Mark Guggenheim, and these would have been done by the Superman, Lois, and Batwoman writers. So it's a different team, but after those two, I'm kind of okay giving the crossovers a break for a season. So what do you think? I mean... Honestly, Batwoman, its reins has dropped, so it would have helped her to have a little bit of a bump from Superman, which, let's be honest, Superman is not going to get less views than The Flash. Like, Flash is their number one, Superman is the 
arguably the most well-known superhero. It's going to be the number one of the CW universe. So what do you think yeah. about this? Is it... Do you think fans should be disappointed, or is it like, it's okay, we just had a big, cro- massive crossover, a bit of a disappointment, it's probably best to be separate for a season? Yeah, I guess, I guess from an outsider perspective, I do think like if you're starting a new uh, a series uh, uh, at the beginning of a year, and... Um, you just had the biggest crossover. It seems like a perfect year to not have a crossover if you had to. So, yeah, I would agree to that, exactly. All right, now, this does bring in some limbo. If they can't do a crossover for Super Superman and Batwoman, then that probably means they can't bring in crossovers for the final seasons of Supergirl and Black Lightning. So for uh, me, now Black Lightning just recently started crossing over in Crisis. So although it would be a disappointment, it wouldn't feel unnatural to not have a crossover <laughs> with Black Lightning yeah. again before it leaves the air. However, Supergirl, for the past... This will be season six. For the past six seasons, has been one of DC's trinity on television with Flash, Green Arrow, and her. Yeah. So it would feel a little off not to have them in the show. Not to mention one last adventure with Superman in there with her, teaming up with her cousin. So, yeah. What do you think? Do you think this... I think more than Black Lightning, Supergirl, it would hurt it a little bit if we didn't get kind of one last adventure crossover with these characters. And I'd I'd almost say maybe delay Supergirl's final season a year. That's probably impractical, but as a fan, that's what I would want. Do you think... What do you think about um, Supergirl going and maybe not have, being able to have crossovers the final season? Is it as big a deal? Or sh- should they maybe think about delaying some stuff for Supergirl? Because it's the last um, year. <clears throat> uh, I mean, now that you bring that up, like I, I think the start of a show feeling like the start of a new era does seem like the perfect time to not have a crossover, but it does seem like the end of a show is the perfect time to have a crossover. So that is kind of a predicament. I guess like I, I would agree that probably like um, from the perspective of a fan, it would probably be better to delay it to make the best possible season. If you think a, if, if they were to, think a crossover is what's needed but um yeah um it's also it's possible to make a good last season without a crossover but i i, I yeah i i think delaying might be an okay choice all right now hypothetically let's say things get a little better but we're not totally back to normal yeah if they can only cross over with one show of the CW. Now, there's a lot, so 
I'll, I'll just list three characters. Who should, if they can only cross over with one in Supergirl's final season, who should it be? The Flash, Green Arrow, or Superman? I mean, Superman, I feel like. Yes. Uh. I mean, it would feel a little... It, of all of them, it would feel less complete without Superman popping up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, to be fair, if Supergirl ends... Now, I'm assuming they'll probably kill her off or something. Because, you know, finales suck nowadays. Yeah. But <laughs> nothing's to say that if they didn't totally want to wrap it up, they could have her pop up in Superman show next season. That's true. That would feel like a little extra wrap up. Yeah. And like arrow ended last year. I have no doubt that if everything was back to normal, man, my monitor looks so rainbowy, doesn't it? Yeah. There's a lot of light coming in. I yes. See. I can't, you have a much, you have a much more, uh, well lit basement. My, yes. uh, my little abode in a basement <laughs> is dark and depressing. The only reason it's bright is cause I have, uh, daylight light, daylight light bulbs or something. Oh yes. So where were we going with that? Uh, yeah, the, I'm pretty sure that even though Arrow ended last year, I have a strong feeling that we would have seen Green Arrow in Supergirl's final <laughs> season. Yeah, things are weird. So, and again, like as as we learned with Captain America or Ben Affleck's Batman recently, as long as the universe keeps going, it's not officially over. They can come back. There you go. Yes. Yeah. All right. So did we want to jump in and talk about Wonder Woman 1984? I would love to. I, I, I'm i going to throw in my quick show and tell, though, because this is a DC-related episode, of course. Oh, um, I'm excited now. I'm so I, 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 have a, I have a reveal of a new acquisition. Uh, we've talked about it a lot, uh, about this eluding me, even though I've desperately wanted to absorb this into my brain. It is my very own copy. <gasps> oh, yes! Oh, of Batman, yes. year one. Oh, that's, yes. That's mine. Not even a library copy. Oh. My very own copy. I bought it secondhand off of a friend for a low, low price, and I'm very excited to finally read it because I have wanted to for a long time. So, oh man! Go. Oh, I'm <laughs> yes. I'm so excited that you and have. That's the other, like, I've seen other. Ver- I'm glad it's this exact version because I like the softer cover and the yeah, like mine's more a hard cover pages. I don't, this is my, like, uh, I'm weird about books where I won't own a book if it has, uh, I don't like a lot of trade paperbacks with the super glossy pages. Oh, so I love... that's right, because I remember re- there was some controversy with the artist of Batman Year One, because he was unhappy that they did the glossy pages and oh, apparently really? messed up the color. Yeah, that's interesting because I've noticed newer copies had glossy pages, and I didn't like it. But I didn't—I never heard about that. Yeah, I, I in general, I wish comics just always—I, I, I wish comics would stick to more like matte finish pages. Like I just think, I, I, I just like the feel more. I know. I love, I love the feel some gloss. Like my Batman I, Death I, in the I, Family feels nice. 
I, I get it. it. I guess there are some high quality glossy pages. I can I can get. I'm growing on. It's growing on me more. I used to hate any gloss finish stuff. It was too shiny. I I I always liked a matte finish more with everything. I'm getting the appeal of glossy stuff more now that I'm having to print stuff more uh, in like the design field. It's kind of satisfying to see your work in a glossy finish. It, it's nice, but uh, this. Something about the aesthetic of the art and stuff. This original version just looks so good. Oh, Dave Messicelli. The art, yeah. Oh, have you read it at all? or? Um, well, like I said, uh, uh, at this point, probably two or three years ago, I started reading it with a library copy and then didn't end up finishing it. Um, and then that copy... Actually, the thing I was talking about, literally, the copy that I come across at the library I work at is a glossy copy <laughs> and with a different art. Uh, I think on the, I think a different art on the cover. Maybe it's just glossy pages. But yeah, I they just change like, the cover a lot. Yeah, I, I was like, no, I love the. If I'm gonna read it, it's gonna be this. Yeah, I have the cover similar to that, except the background is gray, and there's like a yeah. little um slip thing that they have on the front. God. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, though. Um, I wanted... This is, to me, the I was if I was going to read it, it's going to be this one. Because, I mean, I have to be picky about that stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. Then when you get done with it, then you can pick up The Long Halloween or uh, yes. The Dark Knight Returns yes. by Frank Miller. Long that's, Halloween by Jeff Loeb. I, I would love that. Uh, so anyway, uh, jumping off of that, uh, flying away from Batman onto uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. 1984. Yes, that's right. So. How do you want to start this very special episode? Well, do we want to talk about, um, now normally for a franchise, we'll talk about what was our introduction to the character. So, I will yeah. turn to you and ask... What was your introduction to Wonder Woman? Well, I have next to zero exposure throughout most of my life to Wonder Woman besides knowing that it was a superhero that existed. So really some of the, I mean, probably Wonder Woman 2017 would be the, the biggest thing. Like, Did you see I that mean, before Batman vs. Superman? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah. Um... That movie kind of got me more interested in going back and watching some of the DC <laughs> movies. Um, and it is uh, kind of my favorite thing. That I, it's the, I mean, to be fair, there wasn't a Wonder Woman in more, in more recent, like there wasn't a 2000s Wonder Woman <laughs> to refer back to. Like there is like a, the Dark Knight trilogy. But I think Wonder Woman's probably the best thing the current DC movie franchise has going for it. So in, since for, 2013. Yes. Do you like Wonder Woman or Joker more? Those two movies. Now that uh, is a secret. Because That's I don't want to admit I don't want to admit that I think I do like Joker more. <laughs> okay. Really, I thought that was a really good movie. At so. least in DCEU. The Wonder Woman one, because Joker's outside the DCEU. Yeah. yeah, that that is what I was thinking. Well, I I guess what I meant was the character 
like the I I think that Wonder Woman, the way she is portrayed and like this canon of Wonder Woman is my favorite thing DC has going for it. Not that Wonder Woman is my favorite movie, DC movie of recent years, but anyway, it's uh so that means that Wonder Woman 1984, which is what we're talking about today, was maybe my most anticipated DC movie um because of that. So. Yes, since Joker maybe or yeah, I wasn't. The thing I wasn't even anticipating Joker. I wasn't excited for it. I just ended up being surprised and, and liking it quite yeah. a bit. All right, for me, I think my introduction to Wonder Woman was watching reruns of the Super Friends cartoon on Cartoon Network. I would tune in to see Batman, Superman, and I'd be introduced to Wonder Woman and Aquaman. And then later, I became more of a fan of her from the Justice League animated series in the 2000s. And then later, when they started doing the direct-to-video movies of DC, starting with Superman Doomsday, produced by Bruce Timm, they did a standalone 2009 Wonder Woman movie that really made me appreciate the character. I'm like, you know what? I do like this character, even without Superman, Batman. And I I think the 2009 cartoon movie is better than the live-action one. And I really do like <laughs> the live-action one, but... That's fair. I think the animated one is better. That's fair. Ares is a lot better. Oh, well, that's, that's easy. <laughs> yes. All right, so... What was your anticipation for Wonder Woman 1984 as we were counting down to it. So, one of the reasons I'll say why this was so highly anticipated for me is because, quite honestly, with the amount of praise uh, and belovedness that the first Wonder Woman got, I was disappointed in the ending to that to the point where I really... I can't rewatch it knowing what's coming at the end of that movie, which is just very disappointing to me. I don't like the villain at all. I think they have such a good first and second act, and they really they really screwed it up with that one. <laughs> um, that said, like I said, um, it's what they had going, the potential I saw, that got me really excited. And I wanted... I basically really wanted... Wonder Woman 1984 to replace that spot. Whereas, like, I really want Wonder Woman, the 2017 one, to be the the amazing DC movie of this decade that I can call my Already favorite the the DC movie of this decade. Yeah, well, now we're in a new decade. So, my hope is that com- my my wish is coming into a new decade. Uh that I get this replacement, basically, <laughs> where it's like, you know, Wonder Woman 2017 was good, but as far as the character goes, I prefer to have this. Uh, that this is this is the quintessential Wonder Woman experience, and we can call that weird third act a fluke. And here's the quintessential modern Wonder Woman experience. So that was a high anticipation going in. It's very excited about the villain Cheetah. 
Uh, who turned out and... to be the main villain. Yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get into that. But yeah. I, I we'll was get very into excited they... about Cheetah being in it. We'll get into Cheetah. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh but yes, that was my anticipation going into it. What was yours? Well, for me, overall Wonder Woman was my third favorite DCEU movie behind Justice League and uh Batman vs Superman. So I can say my favorite DCEU movie without Batman. So there we go. Wow. Big deal. <laughs> yes, and Cheetah was the villain I've wanted to see the most in this <clears throat> franchise. And I was excited that we were moving past the war setting to see a more classic Wonder Woman story. Oh, like, yeah. a lot of people really like from the Linda Carter show, season one. I kind of like... No, I haven't finished the whole show. But mm-hmm. I kind of like what I've seen so far in season two, where it's more modern. She kind of works for, like, a secret agent spy-type government thing. Like, I just find that more that appealing cool. than being set in, a, like, a war period. Oh yeah, war. Um, I didn't. I don't care about it. like the the World War One setting was definitely not what appealed to me about yeah. the first one. And um, I was excited we were going to see the classic Wonder Woman story. Like we, we the origin was done. We were going to see Wonder Woman, like a classic Wonder Woman story, and maybe this was sky high expectations. I truly believed everything going for it. Classic Wonder Woman story, Cheetah, her arch enemy, a.k.a. her Joker, Lex Luthor. I really believed this movie was going to be on the level, or at least her version of Superman 2 or The Dark Knight. And before the movie, like a week before the movie came out, reviews were glowing. High Rotten Tomatoes score. That's true. And then Christmas happened, and it fell dramatically, to which I was getting a little worried. Like, (laughs) what happened this time? Uh, A DC movie dividing audiences? Oh, they might as well just say the DC stands for Divisive Cinema. (laughs) It was like, again? Again? Yeah. So, there's that. So, that was mine, but I was still looking forward to it. I was like, okay, darn it, I, I, I think I'm going to like it. So, that was my anticipation going into Wonder Woman 1984. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I'll say I've truly, uh, I'm aware that it's a, a bit of a split movie or something, but I have really tried to stay away from it. Um, I also only saw this around a week ago or something, not on Christmas Day or anything, and I the the entire time I I just went into it with no expectations from anyone else. I don't like I said I'm aware that like. If you were to have me guess, like, what do you, Wonder Woman 1984, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes score is going to end up being on that? I would have said, like, maybe, like, 89. I, I would expect it to be high. Um, I'm aware that it's not that high. I'm aware that... Do you know that it's been bouncing like it, between but... 
rotten and fresh. Like it's been go- be going between yeah, 59 okay. 60. Yeah, I think I did hear that. I wasn't sure where it ended up, but I wouldn't have expected it to be that low. I'm aware that it is, but I really know nothing about why people think that. I I, I got to say before we get into it, I think it's so crazy that it has a lower score than Aquaman. But that's just me. <laughs> that is really crazy. But we'll <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. So, you have been hearing people. So, you have been trying to avoid what, like, r- other reviews have said. Yeah. I'll say, I truly, um, knowing, having seen it and knowing what uh, the fact that it is sort of mixed, I do really don't know what people are saying about it. I don't know what it is about it that... I mean, I could have some guesses, but I just I haven't heard what people have to say about it. All right, so let us get into the reveal. It is time for the initial thoughts. So I shall turn to you first, even though you saw it later than I. What are your thoughts? I've actually seen it twice. What are your thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984? Um, all right. So. I, I, I'm trying to, 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 um, I've been trying to put this into words that I don't know how to, it's very confusing how to put. So, there's something about this movie that feels imperfect. Just something about it in a way that other super, that I will say other superhero movies, especially some of the really classic ones, are like this. Especially older superhero movies. Maybe they had smaller budgets. The writing was maybe a little bit cornier. So in a strange way, to me, Wonder Woman 1984 feels more classic superhero movie than many movies have felt in a very long time precisely because of its imperfections uh at the beginning it honestly like it didn't necessarily feel like it was set in 1984 as much as it felt like they were making a movie that looked like it was from 1984 like you found it like at blockbuster there was this corniness to it that I thought was really delightful, actually. Um, I was going to say... Especially at the beginning. Keeping it... It felt like doing something like this made the franchise feel fresh. Yeah. Like, when you yeah, watch yeah. like the Dark Knight trilogy, it's kind of the same thing. Batman never really evolves as a character. This yes. feels like... It, it, yes. And doing that feels like this franchise does a better job of capturing the... She's almost 80, 80 80-year history of the character. Yes. Um, So there was this... uh, uh, I will say... uh, I mean, we'll probably go into a more in-depth moment-to-moment thing, but both the first and second one, I wasn't sure how I was feeling with the flashback early childhood stuff. Like, it's just... It's not my favorite part. Then it gets into it. In general, I uh, never like that kind of stuff. Yeah, I just, honestly, like, you could remove it. I don't, like, especially in the second one, I, I honestly, you could just start the movie from 1984. 
Um, but overall, I'll try and make these thoughts more quick. Overall, this is my favorite DCEU movie. Um, oh, thank God. I thought we were going to fight this whole thing. Yeah, no, oh, I, actually, I wasn't sure how you felt because I know... Okay, here's the thing. I I, uh, um, I knew I saw you say something about liking it, but sometimes sometimes your opinion changes really quickly. Like, I feel like it might have been Endgame that there was something... Oh, actually, it was, I think it was Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. Where I remember seeing a sort of okay positive review, but then you ended up hating it. Yeah. And with the way people reacted to this, part of me was wondering, like, I think you said you liked it but i really don't know what i'm walking into here yes um maybe it would have helped you know, i almost <laughs> saw a posting on facebook i know everyone hates this movie but screw it i'm doing a double feature today of wonder woman and wonder 1984 because i liked it yes okay i'll say um i just mentioned that i uh if we're going dc movies period from this era i like so, joker just more refresh, than the first wonder woman since 2013 Yes. With Man of Steel. But with Wonder Woman 1984, including Joker, this is the best DC movie since 2013 to me. This is uh, the best they have done at making a superhero movie, period, to me, post-2013. Um, I thought Do me a it favor. Was... Yeah. Say since 2012, so we can say it's oh, better right, than right, because the, Yeah, <laughs> yeah since, since 2012. That's true. That's, that's easy. Um, since 2012, <laughs> this is the best DC movie to me. Um, live action, haven't seen it. Don't have reference for a lot of animated ones. But um, <clears throat> I thought it was... Really, everything I was tr- like, all the weird, like, I don't get why superhero movies are like this that I was feeling <laughs> since like 2012, where it was all trying to be Christopher Nolan y. Um, and those I saw like little glimpses of it in Justice League, where there's this like joyousness and upliftingness that makes a superhero movie feel like a superhero movie, and this did it perfectly to me. It was just finally all there. So I thought it was it was it was great in that regard. All right. For me, um I really enjoyed the movie and um kind of like you said, I enjoyed this movie more than I did the first one. And yeah. I loved how we had a classic Wonder Woman story. And besides uh being set in the 1980s, it felt like the filmmaking style was similar to the Richard Donner era Superman and Tim Burton Batman eras of filmmaking. Which yeah, are my yeah. two favorite uh, superhero See, franchises. You know more about like that era. I feel like that's the feel that I'm getting that I don't know how to explain. Like There's something classic about it, but be- I don't have as much of a frame of reference to explain it. But I feel like I'm probably picking up on that same thing that you're more informed about. Yeah, I saw some people talk about how it felt like early 2000s, but overall I feel like it feels more like the Donner, Superman, and Burt and Batman era. Yeah, I, I like I, especially the beginning scene with the like uh, the, the, the artifact mall. thieves in the mall. That that really felt like I was watching a 1980s like action movie. It was so, I mean, I, 
I, like that scene, I'll get I, into it later. It feels very <laughs> much like the opening to Superman Two, the uh, yeah, Richard and, Lester uh, version, where he fights the uh, terrorists at the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> and also, yeah, I'll get other thoughts. Uh, they did definitely overcomplicate some stuff in the plot, and I was very disappointed in how they completely misused a character, which we'll get into later. But yeah. while not on the level of like a Superman 2 or the Dark Knight, I thought it was a worthy addition to the Wonder Woman film series. And as I said earlier, I like it more than um, the first Wonder Woman. So of the DCEU, if it still exists, we won't know until they start filming Flash, but it's my third favorite. It's my favorite without <laughs> Batman in it. Yeah, like... Uh... <clears throat> Uh, again, I definitely like this. I definitely like 84 more than the first one, and I was being coy about it before. This 100% does what I wanted it to, which is I can fully say I love Wonder Woman as a franchise now because it no longer has to be that first movie that ended so poorly to me. It fully exists as this really good movie that was almost there and the movie that got there. So I, I yeah. It feels good. You know what? Before we get into it, I don't know if I remember I, I mentioned in my notes, this feels like a very different movie than the first one. Like it's a very Definitely. different. I think that helps the franchise yes. to keep it fresh yes. and better reflect the 80-year history of the character. But I could see where it's almost like Batman Returns or The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's the same director, same cast, but they're so totally different to where if you were expecting mm -hmm. kind of like like Spider-Man 2 and The Dark Knight feel almost yeah. like a TV episode. Like They're so similar to what ha came before. Yeah. But I felt like, again, the doing Wonder Woman like this helped uh, was good for the franchise. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, it takes place an entire era later, <laughs> so, like, I feel like that was, it really felt like like she was uh, existing in a, a different time, uh, so I thought it was well done in that sense. Alright, so, should we get into what we thought worked in the movie? Yes, we should. All right, I'll just say first, um, once again, Gal Gadot, this is her fourth time playing the character. <clears throat> yeah. I thought easily this was her best performance as Wonder Woman, and it feels like she's really grown into the role over four movies, and by this point, she's now put her own spin on it. And doing a movie like 84, right? It's not yeah. a crossover. It's not the origin story. I feel like this movie, of all of them, really let her shine as like, yeah. all right, this is Gal Gadot as her best as Wonder Woman. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Like, even just for, even just besides just being Wonder Woman, to me, like, I've always mentioned how, like, I get a little bit of fatigue from so many superhero movies being origin stories and crossovers. And <laughs> yeah. I just want something to feel, like, quintessential, like, from the beginning, they are already the superhero. At the end, they are. You're just seeing them go through a new thing. And I don't 
and it's their story solely and doesn't have a crossover that complicates things. With there being so many cinematic universes and reboots, it's hard to ever get that. I think like kind of like this, the... it, this did it a hundred percent. Yeah, I think kind of like the last sequel, at least in the MCU, that kind of did that was uh, Winter Soldier. You know, Black yeah. Widow's in it, but she's kind of a minor character. She's like a side character. It's not like they had Iron Man yeah. or something. Yeah, it's not a full crossover, but yeah, I would agree that there are some MCU movies that get to be like that, uh, but I don't know. This is... Uh, it, it, this. Th- I guess this is like, I guess what I want, like... I like with going back to Marvel with something like uh, I really anticipate second movies. So with something like Spider-Man Far From Home, I was like, there's an opportunity here for it to be like he already is Spider-Man. We've got a little bit of the origin. And I mean, I think they were smart with Homecoming with not fully starting with the origin either. But second movies give superheroes time to like. uh, Yeah, second movies. This is when you can see the classic. Yeah. So I really felt. Uh, coming into it, uh, that was the opportunity, and I this delivered on it, where other movies may not have. All right, do we want to go back and forth on what we thought worked in the movie? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, do you want to start? Sure, I can throw one in. Oh, I did mention earlier. Um, the scene of Wonder Woman fighting in the mall I thought was cool. It reminded me of, I, I do compare it a lot to Superman 2 and the Dark Knight. Yeah. It felt like Superman 2, which, I mean, you haven't seen. Shame on you. Although, you can see it for the first time someday, and you got two versions to true. choose from. That's true. Uh, Superman 2, <laughs> when he goes to fight the terrorists at the Eiffel Tower, or Batman at the beginning of The Dark Knight where he fights Scarecrow and his goons. It's like yeah. a cool action scene to get the audience pumped. Or also, um, Batman Returns, the scene with the uh, circus gang at the Christmas tree lighting show. Yeah. So I thought that was a great way to introduce the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I thought that... Uh... The whole, like, beginning sequence... I mean, we'll get into things that we thought didn't work, but, like, the whole beginning sequence, I just did not feel invested yet until suddenly it kicks into the the present day, and I'm immediately, like, I'm sold. I get it. It, uh... <laughs> this, is a, this is the good uh, setup to what's to come. And it also so, shows, like, yes. she knows what she's doing, right? Like, how she's able... Yes, like, exactly. She winks to the kid and stuff. Like, she knows what she's mm-hmm. doing. Versus in the first movie, yeah. she's figuring it out. Like... Yeah, exactly. first movie, she thought Ares was uh, General Ludendor. Yeah, I think that's what's so good to see at a, in a sequel like this. So... Yeah, so I also... It's why it's one of the first things I brought up. Thought that this sort of opening post-title opening sequence worked very, very well. Oh, we didn't mention it. I talked about how it takes, like, inspiration from the Donner era and Burton era. Yes. Do you think... I I don't know. Would this have not made a difference? Or did they miss a little bit of opportunity to not show, like, credits at the beginning of the movie? 
Like, remember in Batman 89 where you hear the theme and you see it's going around and it's, like, getting you pumped for the movie? Um, or, like, Spider-Man oh, so where the, you see the webs and you see, like, yeah, the credits. Yeah, so you're saying because they didn't show credits. Yeah, do you think maybe I, that could have been, like, a cool way to get people pumped? Or is it just, like, it's not yeah, a big yeah. deal? It, it's not a big deal, obviously, because I didn't think of it, but I do think it would be a cool movie to do that with because i mean you you're doing a big time jump uh and it kind of gives this transitional opportunity like because a lot of the the graphics the like of, of the like movie poster and all that it looked really cool and colorful so have bringing some of that into the aesthetic of the opening sequence would have been a good opportunity to sort of transition us into the present day I would say the only thing would be with how long that opening sequence was, uh, it might feel like it's dragging on a little. Yeah, that's true. Now I have to sit through these credits. You're like, Um, I thought the movie started. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So that would be the only thing. But all right. Uh, Did you want to bring up a positive thing real quick? Uh, let's see. Well, I mean, I also. think that uh that uh, uh first uh 1984 action sequence was very successful um i think um uh i i liked uh the way we kind of got to see get to get a little glimpse into her life uh like as she's living it now um like the little clues to still very much uh missing steve trevor and like seeing her living space seeing her workspace um that was all good introduction too um and And uh i I know some people have been going back and forth but does this kind of contradict the um, Snyder stuff from BVS about how she left humanity for a while, right? Like, according right. to BVS, she was in World War One and then she disappeared. I kind of feel like they're trying to do it both ways, where maybe it's kind of like um, the old Incredible Hulk TV show, where she moves from town to town, kind of like that picture that showed how she had a ranch or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's like she's yeah she's moving from town to town and maybe Wonder Woman kind of like Batman would be is kind of an urban myth. Yeah, no, I did actually get the sense from this movie that maybe there isn't like a lot saying that everyone knows Wonder Woman is around. Yeah, like she was a little um, she was under the radar. The mall when they have the news crew there. They don't. They don't know who she is. They talk about some. Yeah, yeah. You could the tell from that. From that action sequence, everyone was just like, "What happened?" Which <laughs> come now that you bring it up, I like that actually because it's now like it's kind of normal in superhero movies now that where these these figures are famous. It's like uh, everyone knows uh, like uh, Superman's out there. Let's get a phone video of him because he's a famous guy who's super cool this was i I liked that she was under the radar and that she was kind of helping save the world 
but like um not necessarily getting direct thanks for it. like it, it wasn't like everyone was like wonder woman save us she was just doing it so that was yeah. that that was very interesting and also it kind of shows like she hasn't really formed a lot of relationships with people like we see the picture yes. of an old Etta candy but if she's moving from from place to place she probably has not made a lot of new friends and she's yes. still like it really shows why having steve is so important all these decades later yeah, yeah, definitely. You you definitely did get a creeping sense of loneliness that she's been suffering from for a very long time. Uh, and uh, uh, I guess I'll say an, another thing I think works. Um, uh, it, because the, And this kind of shows some of her disconnectedness from other people. Um, is the first scene with Barbara. Yes. Um, I thought uh, her introduction was really great. I thought that was done really well when they first meet at the museum, showing kind of Barbara's awkwardness and people not really noticing her or taking her seriously and uh, people viewing uh, Diana as, like, like kind of looking up to her and seeing her <laughs> as... Uh, 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 kind of putting her on a pedestal, but she's like not totally present in that. She's humble and uh, not super interested in making friends. So, although before I forget, I gotta do. I gotta point something out. If I mean, obviously, it's fine because she's moving from place to place. If the third one, she's in the present and she stays in a town. You gotta give her glasses when she's Diana. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they hint yeah. at it a little bit in the first one. Yeah, but yeah, yeah point there. So yeah, sp- speaking of uh, Barbara, I thought Kristen Wiig uh, did a great job of playing Cheetah. She did a great job playing this sympathetic, uh, humorous character, and she did a mm-hmm. great job of playing the villain. Yes. the villainous side of Cheetah. So that was great. I also liked how they made Diana and Barbara friends at the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah, and having that relationship kind of makes it, I guess, a little more tragic when things fall apart. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, Because <clears throat> knowing, just meta knowing that, like, oh, this is a villain in this and seeing how she's actually seems pretty great and friendly and, and like she helps that one homeless <laughs> dude yeah exactly so it was kind of it's kind of interesting like wow how where is this gonna go because i really like her <laughs> at first and th- she's getting along with uh diana um so that was an interesting dynamic that worked towards the beginning of the movie for sure all right. Another thing that I thought worked was I thought Pedro Pascal um, was great as Max Lord. And I yes. thought he did a great job of. I mean, he talked earlier about how one of his big influences was Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. And I thought he did a great job of playing the comedic side of Max yeah. Lord and also the villainous side 
of mm-hmm. the character. And I think that also showing his relationship with his son helped humanize the character instead of just having him being definitely. an all-out villain. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, and since we're bringing him up, I one, one thing I loved in this movie that uh, uh, I, I just I loved his like slow descent and like the almost like grotesque like him falling into this like uh his body just being destroyed it was like really creepy as it was happening like his eye all bloody and uh it didn't blood come out of his ears too yeah at one point blood dripped out of his ear it was so like uh grotesque and like it was a good way of showing like um, a mad with power or like a um just like a very upfront way to show like uh this is what this much power (laughs) does to someone kind of scenario but that was really creepy and cool i thought yes so i don't know if you wanted to bring sign up now um about what worked um, in the film. Yeah, I guess we'll say um uh I guess I'll say I I really th- one thing I thought worked the the basic premise um just of <clears throat> like again like the basic premise of this movie um is a pretty simple kind of be careful what you wish for cliche because of the like monkey's paw type artifact um but i realized that i think that's a plot device i really love as well as i've mentioned how i like sort of time travel related stuff i really liked the wishing stone uh aspect where it's like i I didn't know uh any plot going of this part of the plot going into it, but I just, like, when I started to see, like, like, um, I, I guess one thing I was kind of, like, knowing that, uh, Steve Trevor was going to be in it again, I was just, like, uh, going into it, I was just, like, how are they going to do this and doesn't it feel kind of cheap for him to have this dramatic death and then just come back but it was almost kind of uh uh again like a little bit of an onward feeling where you know what's gonna happen and you know it's gonna crush you and be sad (laughs) but you're just going through the ride (laughs) and uh seeing what happens so the i i thought the wishing stone aspect i forget exactly what it's called dream dream stone um oh um see uh i thought that little plot device artifact was a really good way to drive the plot i i thought i i liked it i liked that little artifact Oh yeah, later identified as Dreamstone. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got the Wikipedia open. Oh yes, need to refresh. Oh, since you mentioned uh, liking kind of like this monkey's paw story, have you ever seen the Simpsons Trios of Horror from season <laughs> I three? Might... <laughs> yeah, I thought you might bring that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um... Oh, you gotta love that. 
I the I uh, I'm trying to remember the I like the part. Uh, it's like um. I can't remember what the other end of the dialogue is, but I love when Homer's going. That's good. That's bad. <laughs> That's good. That's bad. Oh yeah. It's where he's saying like this will happen. That's good, but this will but, happen. But it comes with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> I also love uh, where um, he Homer makes the wish for a turkey sandwich or something. He takes a bite. He's like, yeah. pretty good. Turkey's a little dry. The turkey's a little dry. Oh, wow. <laughs> Beast from hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was definitely thinking about that a little bit as I was uh, watching this. <laughs> yes. So, um, for me, another highlight was Chris Pine was great again as Steve Trevor, and it felt like having him back this way gave both Wonder Woman and the audience closure on his character. Yes. So, um, I thought it was great. I liked how they kind of reversed it from the first movie, where in the first movie, Steve Trevor is introducing Diana to this new world. And this time, it's yeah. Diana introducing Steve Trevor to this world. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. That's, that's interesting. That's fun. So, yeah, um, it was great to see Steve Trevor. I think kind of their relationship was the heart of the film. And one of its, I think the biggest strengths it had was the action, especially the lasso of truth, and the um, relationship between Steve Trevor and Diana. Yeah, I also thought that was the 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 heart of it like like i think this movie actually did a a better job than the first one at making me care about them together um um making me believe that they really care about each other and uh, i mean i i i thought that was excellent um <clears throat> yeah it although i do want to bring something up sure now, like, we had Wonder Woman, Steve Trevor died. Obviously, he would have died no matter what since, because it's decades later. And we right. saw Eddie Candy was an old lady. Yeah. In retrospect, because of her cast being gone, was setting Wonder Woman 1 and World War One a mistake instead of setting it in modern time where the cast of characters will continue throughout the trilogy. I'm going to say, honestly, at first, when I thought about it, like, the U the DCU is probably going to end with Justice League after that flopped. It was fine. But in retrospect, I think it probably was a mistake to set it in World War One. Right. Well, I mean, i definitely say if they had to choose between continuity from that one or continuity to this one I would have I would definitely prefer continuity with this one um I don't know I guess there's two ways to do things like having a cast of characters that you can count on being through a whole thing is definitely a way to do things that is good but I think they just I think they just went with another way of doing things like uh um Okay. 
like uh, there's something to like like we talked about the one thing that worked was the like sense of loneliness and uh, yeah. isolation that D- uh, Diana felt and that wouldn't have been possible without establishing that giant distance in time. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it I do think if whenever they reboot they should have it set in modern time and have the cast follow throughout. Yeah, I would say I mean <clears throat> I would have really I mean we'll see what happens. I would have really liked for Wonder Woman to have been an even longer ongoing film franchise uh which it would have been cool then if from then on it would be set around the same time with uh the same recurring characters uh but um i like this as set up yeah all right um oh did you ever see this one picture uh zack snyder posted it was you know the uh picture of wonder woman from batman versus superman that the dude takes in the first Wonder Woman movie. You know the picture that um, Bruce sends to her in the first Wonder oh, Woman yeah, movie? Yeah, yeah. Of herself? There's like. They have the. Zach posted a picture. It's set from a different war. Like the 18. Sometime in the 1800s. Like pre World War One, af, I think after the Civil War. And it's Wonder Woman, and she's holding some dude's head, decapitated heads. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that's... Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is something, Zach. Yeah, that's wow. something. <laughs> heads. Dark. <laughs> I mean, was she planning to do a weird puppet show afterwards or something? Probably, yes. Um... So, um, I guess real quick, I'll throw this in before I pass it over to you. Um, you know, in these movies, there's a lot. There's a lot of history, and really nowadays you only get a trilogy to tell this story. And you want to have so much stuff packed in. And there was a moment in this movie where I realized something was coming, and it got me excited, because... It wasn't in the first movie. There wasn't really a way you could do it in the first movie without uh, just yes. like rearranging a bunch of stuff. But when Steve Trevor and Diana are in the plane and she's talking about how she can make stuff invisible and we see the invisible <laughs> jet, I was like, ah! yeah. yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> As I saw it starting to come i was just like oh <laughs> oh yeah the invisible jet oh that was awesome that was, that was really awesome yeah so um, um <laughs> i guess i'll pass over to you but there's not much to say was, that was awesome <laughs> yeah it, it got in there it got in there yeah um let's see i mean I uh, I mean I guess uh, in in general without get skipping too far ahead I mean I just generally really um, uh, loved the entire first like half the movie's uh, 
introduction and like further development of the, the, the of Barbara as a character and her um slowly becoming cheetah or seeing some of the threads start to come together um also it seeing... was kind of cool before before I forget it was kind of cool like with Barbara how they're slow, slowly showing her transition how we saw kind of both versions of cheetah we saw the costume cheetah and we saw mutated cheetah Oh yeah, yeah that that was I I I liked the many ways they showed that throughout uh, this one movie we got to see, um, see it all basically, um, like really she was uh, in a way probably my favorite part of this movie just as a character. I wish Cheetah? there would have been more. Um, yeah, there should have been more Cheetah, <laughs> and we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um, but I just, I liked the, like, deep, like, level of insecurity and wanting to seek approval that it kind of made sense how she kind of got swept up with Maxwell Lord. Um, sort of seeing that happen, you sort of slowly, with this sense of dread, start to see how she's starting to slip towards becoming the villain. <laughs> You're like, Barbara, no, don't do that. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a really good um, scene they had where she's after doesn't she beats up her attacker and the homeless guy's like Barbara, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a dark moment for sure. Um, yes, uh, because that homeless guy seemed so nice. Uh, <laughs> yes, so for <laughs> what a delightful person, <laughs> and then uh, for him to see like, oh, what am I walking into here? This is very dark. <laughs> oh um, yes. All right. So yeah, I, I yeah I liked uh, like her like looking up to Diana and like being like basically infatuated with her and that sort of turning into a type of hatred. Yeah. <laughs> very, like very, it's this very like thin line. It's almost it like the way obsessive. like. A, yeah, because it's almost like the way like stalkers end up killing the people they're obsessed with. Like it, it had this. Did that happen with the dude from uh, who killed John Lennon, or was was he not like obsessed? He might have been, but there, I, I, the one that I know about, there was uh, someone who's obsessed with the singer Bjork, uh, and she wasn't killed. It ended up being like intercepted, but he like was obsessed with her, and everyone that knew this guy. Uh, was just like you have a problem you're obsessed with Bjork uh and like he event he uh, like at the end of his life he mailed like a a bomb to Bjork and ended up killing himself uh that bomb was intercepted but he intended to kill her and then there was also i believe the that uh Mexican uh, Selena yeah i think that was a stalker situation too yeah what didn't she i think didn't wasn't she like she worked for Selena and became more obsessed. I remember because we watched the movie in yeah. Spanish class. Yeah, uh, it's something like that. But it's just it is, it is this weird fine line where when you admire someone that much that you almost don't see them as human anymore, then the slightest betrayal you suddenly become <laughs> murderous to them. And there was a. They did a great job of that on season one of The Flash, where the 
main villain, Eobard Thawne, was obsessed with the Flash. He yeah. idolized him. Now, he didn't live in the same time period as the Flash. He's, like, from 100 years in the future. But he idolized him. He tried to be like him. And when he realized he couldn't be like the Flash, it made him hate the Flash. Yeah. No, it's definitely a weird psychological phenomenon. Like, others are even <laughs> coming to mind as, like... Uh, it, I thought that was, uh, it, 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 you, you could feel it coming and it, it made a lot of sense. So that was a well done dynamic. You know, I, I'm a little surprised I completely forgot to bring up. Did you see in the credits who co-wrote the script? Uh, no, I don't think so. Like, um, I remember watching it because I didn't know this person co-wrote the script. And then in, when they uh, showed the credits and I saw that name, I was like, oh, yes. Well, I'm seeing uh, I'm seeing that it's co-written Patty Jenkins. I'm guessing it's one of these names. Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, there and we Dave go. Callahan. Jeff, Jeff Johns. Johns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I um and he uh did like uh he he does like a bunch of episodes of a lot of the oh Arrow he's done stuff right he's or, done Smallville um Arrow he like co-developed the Flash he's written for one some of the best episodes of Titans and he's like a great comic book writer yeah. So, yes. No wonder it's a good script. Alas, we never did get to see that Batman script he co-wrote with Ben Affleck. Right. I'm still rooting for that one day to be turned into a comic. Like, if you're not going to use it, don't let it go to waste. <laughs> yeah, I know. Still, I'm still waiting for my Spider-Man 4 comic. Yeah, I, didn't, like, I don't know why. Like, uh, It's weird with uh, Hollywood... Uh, like uh, comp, comp, like business complications, because it's just like, why would you want that? Uh, why, why wouldn't you want to show that to the world? Like but, someone worked yeah. on it. I'm assuming you paid someone for it. Why not use yeah. it? Yeah, it's also like all. I'm always annoyed by all of the TV pilots that have been recorded but are just never shown the light of day. And I just feel like, just can you just release all of them? Yeah, speaking <laughs> of that, the Wonder Woman pilot from 2011 for NBC. I heard it's really bad, but um, <laughs> I'd want to see that pilot. Pilot, and also Pedro Pascal is in the pilot. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, um, I don't know. Like, I understand. Like, it's all about like protecting. I think brand or character, but I just like. I'm a morbid person. I don't care how bad they are. Some of them are, some pilots out there are probably good. I just want to see all this stuff. Like, just Everything dump it onto, ever, like, yeah. HBO Max or something. <laughs> like, you've already spent money on making yeah. it. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'd like to see those scripts, too. Yes. So, um, let me bring up real quick another one of the strengths of this movie was the action scenes. I loved yes, yes. what they did this movie with the lasso of truth. It was awesome. I loved it. It was it was awesome. 
the way she used it to like deflect bullets and how she rode on sp- on the lightning like Spider-Man does with his webbing. Yeah. It was awesome. All right. It really was. So, um Wonder Woman losing some of her strength after wishing for Steve felt like a nice tribute to rep- slash reference to both Superman 2 and Spider-Man 2 and while well, putting its own spin on it because yeah. in both of those movies these characters want to be in a relationship with uh their love interest Lois Lane or Mary Jane and both of them uh want to kind of give up their powers to be with them and this one yeah. did something similar but its own spin on it so yeah. um <laughs> No, that's that's exactly what I was saying. That I the like monkey's paw thing was such a good plot device because then every character uh, has something that is probably gonna maybe make them second guess their wish, but obviously the villains are less inclined to abandon the the power that they have. But like, that's a really good way to uh, like the villains starting to become strong, like she was, <laughs> and she's losing that power is a very dramatic situation so she simply had to find some way uh to um uh like use something besides her powers to get through until eventually she realized that the only way this was going to be possible was uh i mean to be the hero and be one of the people who first sacrifices the wish which was, yeah. which was also, um, like heart wrenching and well done. Um, uh, just the the dramatic scenes were very good. And if I uh, if going off of that, if we're getting towards this part of the movie, well, um, real, real quick. Um, so I mentioned that this had a, a similar story element to Superman two and Spider Man two. Did yeah. you see any like you haven't seen Superman two, but have you seen any kind of similar things to like Spider Man two maybe or? Um, I mean, I th- <laughs> I thought it was cool that Wonder Woman essentially did web swinging at one point. That was oh, cool. that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I definitely the whole lasso of truth thing. Um, no, but I think I think. Sp- those Spider-Man movies were precisely some of the things that this movie kind of reminded me of that made it so strong, in my opinion. I wouldn't be able to exactly place parts in Spider-Man 2 that it exactly made me think of, but um, it was either, like, I was getting a a vibe of either, like, Sam Raimi Spider-Man or something like an 80s action movie or, like you said, like a Superman 2 type of thing. Um, it felt very reminiscent of superhero movies of yore, if yes. you will. Um, I thought it was a nice refresher. Yeah, definitely. All right, so um, were you going to get into stuff before after Steve leaves because I do have two things from before. Oh yeah, if you before. have something before that, definitely. All right. So, um having Diana not wanting to give up Steve made her feel more like a real character. 
And it shows how much of a hero she is when she does give him up. So mm-hmm. I thought the the moment where they're in the apartment and Steve is telling her to renounce the wish and she says, I've done all this stuff. Why can't I just have this one thing? Was one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yeah. And then great. it Yeah, like some people are like, um, well that makes Wonder Woman a jerk. But I'm like, but no. That's... Which shows she doesn't want to, and that's what makes what? Her doing it show why she's such a great hero. See, this is why I'm glad I didn't know about what people had to complain about it. It's still it, it's like uh, people complaining of Luke being a jerk, and I'm just like, what do you? Why do you want everyone to be so perfect? Well, you, like you, <laughs> in like the Last Jedi, the story is about Luke becoming yeah. the guy he once was again. Yeah, it's like. I don't know, like, I don't know why they would want her, like, if she was, it would be, this movie would, would, would not have the same punch if she were like, oh, I have to give up the love of my life to save the world. And how horrible would it be if Steve was the one saying, no, no, Diana, don't do (laughs) it, please, I don't want to leave. I have to, I have to let you die (laughs) again. (laughs) Like, yeah, that, you, you don't, you, this is why you don't write movies. Okay, yes. people who think that. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought I thought that those scenes were very touching and poignant. So, yeah, and also um, after that moment, the moment like I mean we we it's built up the whole movie about how Wonder Woman. Her connection to Steve after he's gone is, like, how he's able to fly. And then she, like, fly a plane. And then he gives her the advice about, well, it's just, you know, being in the air or whatever. And then there's that awesome moment where Wonder Woman is able to fly. And you're like, yeah. Like, especially after a scene like that, it's the thing that pumps you up again. Like, yeah, she's back. I was exactly... um starting to work towards uh saying this because r- potential favorite scene of the movie i thought that was so awesome when uh like she's obviously devastated and doing the thing she doesn't want to do at all but simply has to do to save the humanity um and this like juxtaposition of this incredibly beautiful scene of her like discovering she can fly through the sky through the blue sky and clouds uh and like see the perspective of like like steve did as like a pilot and uh, like referencing that earlier part of the movie like it was it's very beautiful and happy and you're seeing Wonder Woman back at it, but it's also after such an impactfully sad scene that it was just like it, it was one of the best moments in the movie to me. Yeah, it did remind me kind of like speaking of Superman two and Spider Man two, like in Superman two he goes back to the Fortress of Solitude to get his powers, and then you have it where you're in Metropolis, the villains have kind of taken over. Then, like, you see, like, the newspaper stand, like, the pages move. You hear the John Williams theme, and it's Superman's back, and he goes, General, would you care to step outside? And you're like, <laughs> Superman's back! Or, um, yeah. Spider-Man 2, it's kind of a two-part thing, like, where yeah, takes the glasses off, he drops it, 
he makes the fist and you hear the Danny Elfman theme. And later yeah. we have the uh, newspaper says he's back. Mass Master turns and he swings through that. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a way he's great. To, the audience be like, "Yes, they're back, and they're gonna yeah. whoop some ass." <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's like a it, it, that scene to me felt like a bittersweet moment before you know it's about to get awesome. Like, uh, um, because uh, yeah, it was just. It was only, it was more to that was more of a sweet scene than it was a fist pumping scene to me because it was very devastating, but uh, it gave an idea of what was to come in the last little section of the movie. Yes. Now, as we get to um, the towards the end of the movie, did you have a thing to bring up about what um, worked? Uh. I th- I think not not uh before getting towards the end of the movie. Um All right, cuz I, I only like, have like, like I uh, all I have left is um the climax and the post-credit scene. Yeah, that's about all I have left too, but um I'll bring up again I really liked the deep descent of uh Maxwell Lord uh <laughs> looking creepy and falling apart and uh, it, it, just kind of seeing humanity really struggling because of all of these wishes um, was kind of horrifying too, and I thought I thought that was well done. Um, just the horrors and utter chaos of it all. Oh yes, um, that it was building up to was really, really spooky and well done. So yeah, we can move on to the. Final stretch. All right. Now, for me, um, once again, um, I loved Diana, how, like, sh- towards the end where she was had to convince people to give up their wish, Diana yeah. giving the speech. Once again, because I love comparing this to second movies, it kind of reminds me of, like, when Cap gave that speech and Winter Soldier of... Yeah. Um, trying to show, talk about like how shield's been infiltrated by hydra. Yeah. And I thought it really showed Wonder Woman as like a hopeful character, something for some reason um DC went a few years not believing in. Yeah. Yeah. No for <laughs> At sure. At least in the movies. But I thought that was a really great I think having something like that was the strongest way to kind of wrap up this storyline. And I thought that, once again, her speech to Max about his son humanized him, and I thought the way they did it wrapped everything up nicely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I also got that very hopeful feeling that I hadn't felt in a while from from something like this. um, Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, the uh, entire. Uh, I mean, uh, did we get to um the because uh, I think one thing we didn't get to um the uh, trying to remember if there's trying to remember all the action sequences with Cheetah. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. There's one before. I was trying to think. There's one before the Apex Predator one. It was the one in the White House. Yes. It's easy to remember because there's very few of them. But we'll get into that yeah, later. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I, yeah, I, it did, you did remind me I wanted to, to bring up uh, the, the White House sequence. Uh, oh, that was sequence. awesome. That, that was a really awesome one. Especially too. with, she has the lasso and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to, like, that's probably the coolest cheetah action sequence in the movie. Is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that one's really, really cool. Um, her outfit is on point. Uh, it's uh, like you start to be like, okay, I'm fearing your power now. This is scary. Um, and you're seeing Wonder Woman really at the end of it. Although yeah, this we is, saw her I, defeated. Yeah. That one scene where she's like up against the wall is totally broken almost. Yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> I was reminded of that. Yeah, that part was... Uh, Incredible, but I was reminded of that because it uh, um, we're around the point in the movie of the reveal of uh, Cheetah's wish, basically, on the plane to fully transform into Apex Predator. Oh, um, yes. And uh, <laughs> seeing the... Um, uh, I liked that, like, you're seeing the level of unhingedness that uh, Max Lord has gotten to, that he's just like, I am being utterly destroyed right now, and I know you've already gotten a wish, but hey, like, I'll give you another one. <laughs> yes. Like, anything, I'm <laughs> I'm God. I, just, um, I don't know how he was able to do that, but apparently he was able to do it. I'm, I feel like the idea was that like she got the original wish off of the stone and now like now and he's now the he's a, it's it, he's kind it's kind of a new stone if he's the that's, stone that's what i was thinking like uh uh but and also he can like he he's a sentient stone in a way and he can do whatever he wants he's god yeah. now so i mean i guess if he wanted to why not change the rules yeah if you have the rules in your brain <laughs> yes yeah so yeah, <laughs> remember when the when uh the kid asked, "I just want to spend more time with you, Dad." And then like the way you can tell the wish happens is the hair moves and you hear the wind. I was just like, "You stupid kid! You should yeah. ask for time more." Yeah, um, yeah, no, um, wait, was it? I I remember the the kid almost wished for something and he was like stopped. I think like he does he ended up. And then, like, he touches his dad's knee and makes the wish. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like he wasted his wish. Well, Because uh, he wanted his dad not... to be as successful as yeah. he wanted to be. Uh, Oh, is that what his wish was? I think because he said, I'm working to be a great man. And then I think it's like he puts his hand on his dad's knee and says, then I wish for that too or something. Oh, see, I I couldn't really hear him, and I thought he said something like, "I just I wish you were good or something like that." Like I couldn't understand. And so part it's of like think- he gives up his wish to be the same as his dad's. Oh, okay. Because part of me was trying to figure out if like it was his son's wish that ended up bringing the humanity back in him, but um, <clears throat> no, because I, I think like even before. Um, everything like he clearly cares about his 
I mean, he cares about his son. He's a little overwhelmed, but he yes. still like clearly cares for the kid. Yeah, for sure. He got completely consumed by many types of greed. Yes. So, um, I only have one last thing positive to bring up, which is the post credits scene. If you wanted to bring up anything else you thought worked. Um, let's see, let's see. Um, I, uh, everyone renouncing their wish was a really cool moment. Um, uh, oh, I, I do. I, I love that at the end of the day, the way Wonder Woman saved the day is not necessarily with her just raw like power, but with just being innately good. Yeah. Uh, and that really like making a difference for people. Um, I, I liked the idea that, like, she was really down. It seemed like she wasn't going to be able to do it. <laughs> that humanity is donezo. But just by, like, putting her heart out there and, like, it, it, to the world, th- that was a very intru- uh, that, that was a very good way to, um, have the problem solved, I guess. It, it um, it, it shows her innate goodness and that she can be looked up to rather than just being strong or something. So Yeah, I thought that was great. And really, there's only really three characters who could really do that. And that's Superman, Wonder Woman, and Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, those it, it went for a character that is basically like that, where it's like, this is a superhero where, like, they're just innate, very pure goodness uh, and heroism is really what's so great about them more than just them having powers. Like, it's almost the having powers is almost more of a metaphor for being super righteous yeah. anyway. So, like, it's uh, kind of like um, in the CW universe, there's this uh, speech that Superman gives to the bad guy. talks about how our powers amplify how, who we are. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was a good, it was a good end. A good way to wrap it up. Um, so yeah, that's all I, I have to, those are all good, good things. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so um, I guess my final thing is, um, I hope you saw it. Did you see the post credit scene? Um, I swear I stay. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes, yes I so I couldn't remember what it was for a second. Yes, it was awesome. Yeah. So I remember seeing reviews talking about this post credit scene is gonna blow your mind, and I was like, "Well, if it's gonna blow my mind, it's not gonna be what will blow my mind." But I have a guess of what it would be. So, what would blow my mind? Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. But um, <laughs> other than that, I was like, you know. I have a feeling I know what it's going to be. And, um, or you're right. We, yeah. We saw <laughs> Linda Carter yeah. playing the character who had the golden armor. And I thought that was great to see because I remember they want her in the first movie and they couldn't work it out because of scheduling. Yeah. And I really like seeing stuff like this because it felt like. 
when Christopher Reeve was a guest star on Smallville, or when Adam West was a guest star on Batman the Animated Series, it's like the old... Like, this isn't just one incarnation of a character. This is a chapter in this 80-year history, and it's Mm kind of nice to have the previous generation come and pass the torch on to the next generation. Yes. Um, Even though I didn't like um, the crisis on Infinite Earths thing, it was nice that we had a scene between Tom Welling and Tyler Hoechlin to pass the torch. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I thought it was great. Linda Carter is my favorite live-action Wonder Woman, so it's great to see her again. So, what did you think about Linda Carter making her appearance in uh, Wonder Woman 1984? That was really cool. I uh, um, <clears throat> As the after credit scene was coming in, I, I was like, oh, what is this going to be? I don't know what to, I'm looking for here. And so, Did you know uh, there was a post credit scene, or were you just I just hoping? figured there was. Okay. I, I just watched to the end, figuring there probably would be. Um, and I was. It wasn't until like she turned around, and I was like, "Ah, I see. It's that kind of post credit scene." <laughs> so yes, it was. It was a really cool scene, though. It felt uh, significant. So there we go with what worked. Now, even with movies that we like, there's always stuff that could have been improved. Mm -hmm. So, let us move on to what could have been improved. And I'll just say, for me, and we'll probably get into it, I'll bring up these two things first. I think think I've only got two things, really. Um, Oh, okay. But I have two things. For me, one thing you could kind of feel was the movie's runtime. And there were some scenes that it felt could have easily been cut to help it flow better. And one of those scenes was the opening scene with young Diana on Themyscira. There, I mean, it's a cool scene. It's a nice scene. Yeah. But it really has no relevance to the plot except for introducing that golden armor. So, yeah, I, I, I remember for a while thinking like, what was that scene trying to tell me exactly? Like, I remember <laughs> at the end, she talks about how you can't you can't get anyone by cheating, but that never really yeah. comes up I, in the I, movie. I was really, yeah, I know. That's what I, I was like, that feel, I was like, okay, so I'm going to look at that. I, I guess maybe the idea is that wishing for something that doesn't exist is cheating, but it's just, it's not, clo- it's not close enough of a parallel that I truly think that entire scene could be cut. It, I, it, I, I don't know. It, like, I mean, yes, it's you- a nice scene, and I remember <laughs> Warner Brothers talked about how either the Themyscira scene or the mall scene had to be cut and Patty said no and only one scene got cut from the movie I'm just like I don't know like the them it's a nice scene but it probably would have been better as part of the deleted scene sections on the blu-ray yeah knowing that it was an option to be cut I really it really didn't it was it was like it was good but it just it really did not need to be in the movie it just, it didn't serve it enough, nor was it, like, entertaining enough to, because, like, 
the mall scene, like, I get in a way why maybe you'd cut that, but no, don't do that. It was way <laughs> too good. And that's um, the first... It's going to be a while before we see her in the costume again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was a, that's, a, that's a great, perfect example of how to open a superhero movie. Yeah. Um, that could have been the opening credits for all I care. They could have done that before the title shows, and then the, you see the stone zooms in Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, yes. There's my pitch. Hmm. Um, about, yes, I agree. A few, uh, about a month too late, but <laughs> there's the pitch. Release the Snyder cuts. Exactly. You know, like, release the WB cut. So, oh, by the way, speaking of Snyder cut, my guess, no assumptions. Apparently, Zach is hinting that the Snyder cut will be released on Mar- in March. I'm still guessing March 25th, five year anniversary of Batman vs. Superman. Oh, yeah. That's I, call un, it, yeah. Until it's March 26th, I'm going to believe that. Wow, you're like a doomsday. Uh, yes. I'm counting down the clock. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, I guess I'll throw it, because you said you only had two, right? Yeah, and one of them is basically the opening scene, which I just oh. didn't find necessary. So all right, well, all. I have nine, so I'll throw one more oh. in before I <laughs> pass it over to you. Sure, yeah. So um, it felt like sometimes the movie overcomplicated the stone's powers, and maybe instead of that opening scene, again, it's a nice opening scene on Themyscira, but it's not really necessary. Maybe yeah. it would have been eat better to instead replace it with Hippolyta, just giving a simple monologue in the beginning, like similar to how she told the story of Ares to young Diana, or right. in Black Panther, I think it's um, <clears throat> young T'Challa that's getting told the story of Wakanda and Vibranium. Yeah. In that opening scene, remember? It's the very so. beginning. Yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. What'd you think? Did you think maybe they over-explained or maybe sometimes over-complicated the explanation of the stone? Mm. I I don't know. I, I think I kind of liked that it was more complicated than a simple monkey's paw kind of stone thing. Um, I think my interest was more that not fully knowing... I, I think I wouldn't... I think I preferred there not being an explanation at the beginning, at least just because I liked not knowing quite how it worked right away like because when you first see someone like wishing at it you don't expect that to come true necessarily yeah. like I didn't necessarily I figured that stone would have some significance in the plot since they showed it so up front right when it first uh, came on screen uh, and then but... to argue against myself <laughs> like we have some cool scenes of Diane and Steve figuring out more about the stone yeah. and its history Throughout yeah, the film. no, and it, and when Diana wished on it for uh, uh, for Steve Trevor to basically come back, she didn't know she was wishing. Yeah, and, and so I think that mystery is good. So if there were more explanation, I would have placed it later than the beginning. Uh, so there is that element of just like, what's happening? Um, is this really working? <laughs> um, <laughs> But I could definitely agree to some level of simplifying things, but um, 
Yeah. All right. So I guess I'll pass it to you now about if you had any things you thought could have been improved on. Um, there was one big thing I thought was – if I were to add a scene to the movie – this is what it would be, and it's just generally explains my overall. Wi- I I can tell that this is one of your main critiques too. What I'm about to say. Um, okay, I'm generally, now. generally, Cheetah was such a good character; it should have been explored way more. Uh, she could have definitely been more of a main villain. I I liked. Max Lord as a villain, I like that whole thing, but I would have almost preferred him him being the side villain to her directly trying to 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 get at Diana as some kind of weird revenge for feeling slighted. But even if not, even if she, I would have been more fine with her being a more side villain if it was just explored a bit more. And I think the thing that would have almost made the movie perfect was just just a a scene like i was surprised that the last scene with cheetah was the last scene i thought there was gonna be just some kind of more like uh epilogue kind of i think i honestly expected the post credit scene to be something with cheetah i i thought it was gonna be uh at least i was hope i didn't necessarily expect it but i was hoping i was just like i feel really unresolved with the the cheetah stuff i I remember when like when we first see her at the um in full cheetah form i'm realizing oh my god they dark knight two-faced her like one scene and that's it yeah so yeah and i'll like i i maybe your feeling is more that you wish there would be more full classic cheetah and action sequences like that i i didn't necessarily mind the slow transition into finally getting basically the one action sequence with that i just it was just an overall feeling of feeling like the character didn't fully resolve and it's like i don't think there's like if i if there was going to be like Cheetah was also going to be in the sequel or something. Well, uh, that's uh um something that is being discussed. Okay, because then it would maybe would be okay. But as far as just this movie goes, I felt very unresolved with her storyline. Yeah, for me, I really enjoyed Wonder Woman 1984. But the one thing, the biggest to me, borderline insulting thing. Was how they completely wasted Wonder Woman's arch enemy, who like Cheetah is her Joker and her Lex Luthor. Yeah, and well, like I like her in the movie, but I just think it would have been better to save Cheetah for her own movie or go the Batman Returns and Batman Forever route, where halfway through the movie. She's full cheetah, and then the villains team up together. I really don't yeah. like this trend. This trend Christopher Nolan started of we have one main villain, and then we have this secondary villain who really has their origin in the whole movie, and then there's one scene. 
Like yeah. um, Batman Begins, we had Scarecrow, and then Rachel Ghoul, and then Joker, yeah. and then Two Face, and then Bane, and then uh, Talia, or Amazing Spider-Man Two, Electro, Green Goblin, yeah, or even the first Wonder Woman movie, Luden Dwarf, Ares, Luden Dwarf, and Doctor Poison, and then Ares. <laughs> I you're saying I almost always like the secondary villain better, and wish, but I always feel like it's almost. Especially with the first Wonder Woman and this one, uh, it a little bit feels like it's like, oh, Wonder Woman's practically a god. We have to have something bigger than just an evil person. Yeah. Uh, it has to be another, an evil god. Or it has to be someone with the power to completely destroy humanity with uh, a magical wish and wanting all power. Um, it's like the, I, like you, I just, I would have preferred, and I think I said this, like, I was very excited, No, like, I thought that Cheetah was going to be the main villain, uh, leading up to, uh, like, as talking about it in the past, I remember saying I would have thought that that means... This is going to be a more grounded story uh, with there's a good chance for just a one-to-one arch-nemesis kind of story. Um, it turned out that I, I do think it's more grounded than than most universe-ending superhero movies, so I, I liked that and everything. Um, and I liked Max Lord as a villain a lot. Um, but... I didn't get that arch nemesis feeling so much, uh, where it felt like it was the the the, the main antagonist. Like, uh, and I feel it 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 could have been too. Like, um, like Cheetah could have worked. He could have done this really cool thing about how Wonder Woman is the past and fantasy. Cheetah is the future and science. Yeah, I I even think there was a way to make the movie basically nearly the same plot-wise and uh, the things that are in it, maybe Max Lord could have been the secondary villain, and somehow Cheetah taking the reins more as the main person who's actively trying to uh, be a nemesis to Wonder Woman, I think there would have been a way to do that. Like, I think there would have been a way to, like, make Cheetah the final fights of the movie in a way. And maybe the resolution is still all the wishes are undone. But it just felt like I would have wanted more. Like, also, Diana and Barbara had more of a connection than yeah. her and Maxwell Lord. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. Like, I, and I, I actually really liked Maxwell Lord as a villain. It's just that the fact that the secondary villain in that movie was so good in fact my favorite part of the movie it kind of makes it like oh man <laughs> yeah like i really do prefer like the batman returns and batman forever route like the first half we have the villain's origin by the second half they've teamed up like whether you go to batman forever want excited for two-face or the riddler you you you're kind of getting your money's worth versus the Dark Knight. If you go in excited for Two Face, you're gonna be disappointed because it's only one scene. Yeah. So I really wish they would have gone 
Especially because they're taking so much influence from the Burton and Donner eras. I wish they would have followed the Batman Returns and Batman Forever route with yeah. having the villains team up. Yeah, and I almost I, I think I kind of thought that's where it was going for a time because it was like <clears throat> there's so much focus on uh, Barbara as a character and her slow descent and starting to desire her, her desires a little too much. So I think I almost thought it was going to be like, I'm the main villain, Cheetah. This other guy, I'm going to tap in because that's the last thing I need to be all-powerful uh, is what he's got going on. Uh, instead, it was more like, I'm the main villain, Max Lord, and my hunger for... Uh, control and power is going to destroy all of humanity and i can tap in cheetah to help me get to you know kind of yeah. deal with the wonder woman problem she's it's almost so a henchman just, yeah it, that's kind of what it felt like and i it would have been it would have been cooler the other way around yeah i just i really enjoy the movie i don't want to take this away like for people who are just fast forward i really enjoy the movie yeah. and i thought what we had at Cheetah was really good, and Kristen Wiig was great, but I just thought the script completely misused her arch enemy. Like, imagine a Batman movie where they do that to Joker. Like, you'd be so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, just a an absolute uh, side villain, and it's the Joker. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um. Well, that's not what I wanted. And anyway, I'll, I'll also say, like, my positive take on this is that like uh it's another example of a movie that technically did something i did not want it to do but despite that i really liked it Uh, i really liked it despite that like i don't really need this to I'm, i'm fairly satisfied with it as is i i think like there's a like Cheeto is my favorite part of the movie, and she is in a lot of the movie, so it's not like an absolute disappointment. I just think there are some small improvements. Yeah, like overall, I really enjoyed the movie, but the way they use Cheetah, if this is how they leave it, it I do feel it will be a stain on this incarnation of Wonder Woman. Y- yeah, I... It will feel a little soured if I really like there. If I really never get to see her, like I get kind of a sense, and I did like the scene that like you see that she's like looking at the sunset and she's no longer this apex predator. You never hear her renounce her wish, but you kind of think like I guess she must have because she looks otherwise different. she'd still have it. Yeah. So. um that's kind of an interesting way to do that, to not say it, but show it. Like, I think that's well done. So I get that there's some resolution that maybe I just didn't attach to enough. And maybe I should, like, in a rewatch, go like, that is the resolution. Take that scene as the resolution. Because <laughs> uh, it is a nice scene. But, um, I don't know. As of now, uh, one watch in, I remember feeling a sense of incompleteness with with her character. All right. So one thing I'll throw out there is that, look, I know it's in the eighties, but some of the eighties jokes did get tiring after a while. Oh, 
Like, um, you know what was another scene that could have been cut? The Steve Trevor fashion show. Oh, yeah. That was like, this is going nowhere. Yeah, I mean, it did kind of feel like um, a couple things. Like, one, they were shoving in a lot of the, like, he's learning about the world. Like, he, like the, when he's, um, he couldn't figure out how to get the bike to yeah. move or whatever. Yeah, and um, the other thing is, it almost feel like any movie like this, <laughs> it's like, it almost can't be helped that there's always a scene where it's like, ha-ha, 80s, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically it. Yeah. You know, cl- clothes were so bright in the 80s. Yeah, you know, honestly, kind of, I-, I don't necessarily like those clothes, but I kind of dig the bright primary color thing. Oh, yeah. It's bright. We'll see. It's, it's nice. Gets you cheery. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing, just because you could sometimes feel a little bit of the runtime, I thought some of like the Max uh, Lord granting wishes stuff could have been cut. Like, we didn't need yeah, constantly yes. need to go back and see it over and over again. Yeah, I guess that's true. There were a lot of examples. <laughs> yeah. We're like, like all right, we get it, Max. Yeah. Love your you granting wish, wishes. Truly, anything can happen. You really can wish for anything. We, yes, we get it. Life can yeah. be good, but it can be better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Now I've been going back and forth on this. I, I'm, I'm curious about what you think. Yeah. I wonder if Diana renouncing her wish would have been more powerful if we had seen Steve with her and ultimately disappear instead of her walking away and doing it. Although I don't know if she would have been able to do it if he was there. So I've been Uh, going back and forth on it. I feel like Uh, I wanted the scene to feel a little more powerful, but I don't know uh, if it would make sense for her to still, if she could have been able to renounce the wish if she still saw him. Um... That's interesting because I think I thought it. I think I thought the way it was was powerful. Like there's a, there's something more real to me about not wanting to look, and that makes it. Because then you also are left with this sadness of, just like knowing, that, like, as she's walking away, you don't get to see it at all. He's basically just died again. She yeah. renounces the wish, walking away, and he's dead. The not being able to see that, to me, makes it more powerful to me. I think, uh, um, I don't know, maybe it's sort of the a little bit like the horror movie thing of it things being scarier if it's just implied or um, right around the corner kind of thing, except it's the sad version of a horror movie. Um, sad movie. Um, so yeah, I, I liked that. I almost brought that up as one of the things I thought worked. So I, I liked it. Let's see. Um, oh, there was absolutely no narrative purpose for that golden armor. There's no reason why, especially after she's repowered up for her to waste time. She could go get that (laughs) stupid golden armor and wear it into a battle. I just yeah, thought she could fly anyway. <laughs> yeah, like 
what is the point? Like, there was no purpose for the golden armor. And I think, like, it would have been more cool in, like, the one fight scene where she's Cheetah to have her in the classic Wonder Woman suit. That was the thing where I'm like, there's no reason for this. Why do we waste time on this stupid golden armor when there's no reason? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I personally think the golden armor looks just absolutely awesome. So I like that it's in there, but I, it did feel like, um, like you said, it was didn't really serve much of a purpose in terms of giving her a much of an advantage. I mean, I don't I, know, I maybe guess it was cold was at night and she wanted some extra yeah. layers or something. Uh, and it also required this very quick, like, shoehorned in explanation that uh, yeah, that like uh, Steve Trevor was like. What's that? And then she's like, monologue. Yeah. And then it goes back to the movie. <laughs> like, it's not like in Batman Forever, the sonar suit, right? Yeah. Where, like, his bat suits are destroyed. He needs a new suit. Batman Robin, he needs, they need a new suit because of going up against Mr. Freeze so they don't get frozen. Yeah. The Dark Knight is to turn his head. Yeah. You know, because dogs. And yeah, not, absolutely. Um, not just any type of dogs, big dogs. Of course. <laughs> yes. Rottweilers and Chihuahuas, it was a big dog. <laughs> yes. So, uh, um, yeah. I just thought, for me, I just don't know what the point of that golden suit was. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, there didn't... <clears throat> seem to super be a point but no yes so shall we look at what's next yeah sure well so two parts what's next for wonder woman and what's next for the dc dceu which when because they're doing this flash movie it does kind of exist still the dceu yeah so do you have any kind of thoughts about what's next for Wonder Woman 3? Um, oh, wait, I would bring up what we know so far. Wonder Woman 3 will be set in the present and, quote, conclude the trilogy. Okay. And it's rumored Cheetah, they're keeping their options open for Cheetah to return. Mm-hmm. So that's what we know mm-hmm. so far. Yeah, yeah. I think definitely what I'd want to happen is to have some kind of cheetah resolution. Uh, I think that there's really just barely half of a story there for a character. So another movie where she gets to at least be a, another side character, even like maybe she's even still a villain. I'd way. say have cheetah be the main villain. I would say that would be what I want. Abs- like, that would be my biggest wish. The bare minimum is her being another side villain. I don't think about It's been, <laughs> well, it's been at, probably by the time Wonder Woman would come out, it would be like 40 years since they last saw 40 years of hatred and anger. Oh, yeah, that's true. That does, that, that, that'll build it up for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, no, I think that, that would be, uh, uh, that would be the best way to end out the trilogy for sure. 
All right. So do you have any other things, or I can go into my predictions or guesses? Of where it's going to go? Um, where it's going to go for Wonder Woman 3. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I have any other guesses. I was going to say, like, because uh, I, I no longer think that, uh, like, a cr- crossover situation is as much in the cards as it would have been years ago. So I don't have many other thoughts about it than it's just hopefully it'll continue some threads of the story. All right, so now she's slated to return, but should Patty Jenkins return to direct this third one? In general, I always believe it's best for a movie franchise to have new directors come in and give have fresh eyes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it just to refresh it, and also... I thought this movie, I mean, look, besides the fact that it's dividing people, which I I still don't get, I still don't, like, if you're disappointed because it's not like the first one, I could understand, but I can't understand a person watching this movie and hating it. Yeah, I was, I I really was trying to find, like, something I could latch on (laughs) to to be like, why are people disappointed and I don't get it? So... And besides, this movie, it did kind of repeat one of Patty's weaknesses in a big way in that she struggles with villains. I think we mm-hmm. can agree. After two Wonder Woman's, she does struggle with the villains. Yeah, so. I, guess so. I think... Now, if they're going to conclude the trilogy, it in a way almost doesn't matter. But yeah. I always kind of believe it's best to have fresh eyes, so... I I mean she is it sounds like she will direct. I prefer having fresh eyes. Nothing against Patty, because I really like this movie even more than the first one, but I always believe it's best to have fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I would be more inclined to definitely agree with that if there was gonna be maybe a fourth one. Um I would be pretty satisfied with getting to see um her finish it out um because i don't know like is there is there an example of a, a trilogy where it's just the first two are one and then the conclusion is uh... well like iron man the uh, john favreau for two and then the third one you had shane black cap is the reverse where you had one for the first one then the russos for this the other <clears throat> yeah uh I mean, it would have been a trilogy uh, if it had stopped at Batman Forever. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, I don't, do we I don't feel of, strongly, I guess. Do we kind of believe that Wonder Woman 3 is... It's not like the Star Wars trilogies where one story ends, they start anew. Do we kind of believe that 3 is the end? Oh yeah, I, I think I think this this Wonder Woman story is over with the third one. If if that's the case, that they're planning on closing it out. All right. So Cheetah may return, and I ask, please, 
Patty, I beg you, please have Cheetah be either the main villain or the only villain of Wonder Woman 3. It just, that's her Joker. Let's, I mean, what you gave us was good, but not, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of it. I just feel like, if you're gonna go out, go out with the big one. And mm. Cheetah is the big one. Because, I, like I said earlier, if they don't, if they just leave Cheetah the way she is now, it will be a stain on this incarnation of Wonder Woman, kind of like a big stain on the Iron Man trilogy was the use of Mandarin. Yeah. Yeah. If this is the trilogy where, you know, you get one chance and you're trying to make the best version you can of it, I think having in the case that she is the main villain in the third one then they've done an amazing job of setting that up oh yeah it's a great job of teasing it yeah (laughs) um it would i that would i mean it would make this movie better if it was like more context to cheetah that's true if you watch it knowing even if like the third one sucks and you don't rewatch that there is more to the story later. Yeah, just at least knowing where it goes and having that context uh, when watching 84. All right. Oh. So, I'm going to make you question something you said a little bit ago. Mm, okay. With Wonder Woman's supporting cast gone, because it will have been a hundred years. This, I mean, the next one's taking place in modern time. It'll been over a hundred year span that this thing goes. Yeah. With Wonder Woman's cast gone, does this open the possibility for Superman and Batman to appear in her third movie as supporting characters? like a Civil War or Ragnarok situation. Or like Wonder Woman was in Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. Um, I I was about to say, like, uh, I can see with, like, the first one in the trilogy being sort of a, a setup uh, to the character, then this one being cl- classic story with just... Uh, everything established. Um, and I did kind of think, like, if there was going to be any crossover in the Wonder Woman franchise, it would make most sense for it to be in the third one. Um, it would be the perfect opportunity for that to come in. I, I think the only thing was just not being sure, like, if they're really... How set are they on even having much crossover with the relative lack of success of the past crossovers. But like Wonder Woman three would come out after the Flash. Like if Flash works, we have a DC cinematic universe again. Yeah. So um I mean hypothetically I mean because Ezra Miller was in the Crisis crossover and we're having this Flashpoint thing, realities yeah. can change, and some characters may look a little different. Mm-hmm. Maybe Batman could look like Michael Keaton from now on. 
Do you? Yeah. What do you think are the chance? Do you think that um, regardless of Cavill or Affleck being available, or if they would want to use them, do you think like um, we could see Superman and Batman supporting characters? Because it really, if Flash <clears throat> works, crossovers are back. That's tr- yeah. <clears throat> In that case, uh, I think I would. <clears throat> I I maybe in somewhat of a Wonder Woman in Batman versus Superman kind of way, like so. They're in it, uh, as supporting characters. Uh. Uh, but that would probably be the the largest extent that I'd imagine for it. All right now. Obviously, we don't know what's really happening with Batman now. Everything's... We're hearing so many different things. If they... Well, I mean, I guess if they could only do one, who do you think feels more likely, Batman or Superman? I'd say probably Batman. Yeah, I was going to say... Because we have more of an established uh, relationship. Yeah, I was going to say Batman for that reason. I just wasn't sure about, um, like, the practicality of it. But, like... uh, I think that that makes the most sense in terms of what we've seen. All right. So we're really going to take some guesses about stuff we have no idea about. Okay. If Batman were to appear in this movie, in Wonder Woman 3, who will it be? Will it be Ben Affleck, Robert Pattinson, or Michael Keaton? Hmm. If I had to My, guess, I'll say I I'm guessing Keaton. Interesting. Um, I was almost gonna. I mean, I and we just saw Cap come back, so I guess maybe I'm more of a mood of thinking maybe Ben Affleck will return. Uh, I mean, he was. We heard he didn't want to come back, and the Flash is something about the Flash made him want to come back. Yeah. Um. So I, that that would be my my guess for the most. I don't think it's going to be Robert Pattinson. Is I'll say that. Yeah, I think of the three, Pattinson would be the least likely because they're yeah. saying it's outside of the DCEU. Although, I mean, if you're doing stuff like Crisis and Flashpoint, anything could happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, in in that order, I guess I'd think Ben Affleck actually, then Keaton, close. Both both could happen. Um, and then yeah, not not Robert Pattinson, but all right. I'll throw a little bit of a curveball. Are we assuming that if Superman were to appear, it's Henry Cavill, or could they maybe do a blast from the past and get Brandon Routh? I, I <clears throat> yeah, I just don't um. For some reason, I think maybe that's the reason I chose Ben Affleck as well. I just don't know. I don't know if they doesn't. I don't know if it feels like they'd use the conclusion of this Wonder Woman trilogy to do like other random callbacks. Um, I mean, like the reason why you'd have is because her cast is gone. So it's like someone we already know. It's like a. Pat, like I know Patty Jenkins uh, kind of hinted she would like to do a Justice League or something. 
this is her last one. What a way to go out by giving her all the toys. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It's <clears throat> kind of like the Russo brothers, right? What what way to go out than all the toys? Yeah. And they literally had all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Some they used better than others. Not Hulk, but still, <laughs> some of yeah. them. That was like if you had that many action figures, you'd be called a hoarder. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Your mom would say, clean this up before I step on one of them. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, there would be... I mean, I'm assuming probably it would be Cavill, but wouldn't there be something... Because this was Wonder Woman's first movie franchise, there would be something cool about having the versions from their the first movie franchises... Yeah, yeah, I definitely think there'd be something cool. I'm just having trouble getting there currently, like just uh, picturing that happening. But uh... all right, will Steve Trevor return for the third one? <clears throat> I'm gonna say probably lots of references, but uh, probably no. Uh, maybe a flashback or something, but uh, seems like it would be tough to have a third movie. I mean, Star Wars did it with Death Stars, but <laughs> to have another movie where he comes back somehow would seem less likely to me than just referencing or flashbacks or something like that is more likely. All right. I think he will be in the third one. And I'll get to what his role could be in a second. But I think he will be. Alright, this is the third Wonder Woman conclusion of the trilogy. How do you think Wonder Woman's story will end? I, I'm somewhat feeling kind of a... Uh, some kind of supportive role of like um maybe maybe uh trying to think trying to think if she uh i don't know i th i just i do think like you there are glimpses of it in that uh uh like mall scene and stuff but being some kind of more uh mentorish character would make sense for her as well to at least show that she's maybe trending in that direction being more comfortable with being a role model or something uh that's where my mind goes because i know uh, other options are like is she gonna die or something i don't think so but i don't know all right well my guess because this is the end of the trilogy, my guess is that if this is the last one, that it will end with her dying to save the world. I I can I can see I definitely can see that being an option. I mean, uh, no, it's not an option I like. Yeah, but it's just what I'm assuming because that's what they do now. You die or retire. Yeah. 
God forbid we just leave it where the adventures continue in our minds. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> like, I mean, honestly, did Spider-Man 1 feel any less complete because he didn't die at the end? Right. Like, what's next? Are we going <clears> to <throat> have to see at the beginning of the next Spider-Man movie, Richard and Mary in the hospital? Push, Mary, push! <laughs> oh, hey, look! It's a boy. We'll name him Peter. Right. Yeah, no, I, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I could see where maybe they could come to that conclusion that it's the right choice. I mean, it would be an extreme selflessness, but it wouldn't be my preferred way to go out. And my guess is that it could be similar to the ending for Arrow, where Diana dies saving the world, and then we somehow see a glimpse of the afterlife, and she's reunited with Steve. Hmm. Yeah, you're on to you're on to something there. I think because I was trying to think like what ways are there for. Um. I mean, like. I, my, I think I was just saying, like my feeling, like if I were making a third one, I'd almost want to incorporate uh, a story where she fully gets over Steve because um, I think the fact that they've killed him off, she's lost him twice, means third time's the charm. I think yeah. the fact that he's died twice means she, if if they're going to end the story, it's not going to be. I mean, unfortunately, it should be with her on a building saying, "I'm going to save the city forever." But no, it's gonna end. Yeah. They could end it with she gives up her powers and retires. But I think because Steve, she's lost Steve twice. It's probably gonna show she never did move on. And then it's kind of like a thread throughout the trilogy. And then she'll die, and then we see them reunited in the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think I, I have been trying to work out in my head how exactly they're going to conclude the Steve line since it's like clearly a, a thread in the trilogy. Uh and that would be one way to do it for sure. But it might just be the most obvious and not necessarily the best way. Yeah, so uh, before we get into what's next for the DCEU, how long do you think it would be before they reboot Wonder Woman? Um, probably at least a few years. I kind of almost wonder if it would be sooner that we'd see TV Wonder Woman than, or, or a miniseries than I don't know, it. like... I think the reason we're getting Superman TV again is because the movies killed the franchise. Like, yeah, those man, the Zack Snyder, Henry Cavill movies killed the movie franchise. Yeah, like remember in Batman versus Superman, it's like it divided people. I think it really was who were you more excited to see, Batman or Superman? If you were more excited to see Batman, you liked it. If you were more excited to see Superman, you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get sometimes my feeling with that is just, uh, or with, uh, it just happens to be that TV is quite popular now. But with something as Although, big as. Although, I mean, we're living in a new 
weird transition time right now, right? Like Disney, yeah. their baby is Disney Plus now. They're going all in on Disney Plus. Right. That is their baby. And I think, you know, same thing with AT&T and Warner Brothers and HBO Max. I could almost see a world where, like, if we don't longer have movie theaters that, and you're not getting, like, the $2 billion like you did for Infinity War, maybe it would be, like, to get people subscribed to this to the uh, service, you have a Batman show that has 13 episodes a year, Wonder Woman, 13 episodes a year. And then, just as a little, like, test thing, you have maybe a two-hour thing of, like, the Atom or the Question. And maybe it's it'll reverse to where the big ones have their series, like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. On Disney+, Plus, maybe. I don't know if we're in a world where we could do Spider-Man on TV yet. Yeah. I don't you know, think we yeah. are? Uh no, that, that would definitely be one of the last heroes yeah. I would imagine like, we're in a place we for. We couldn't have done a Spider-Man movie before the 2000. Yeah. Because um, the stunt people would have died. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's very hard to predict. Uh, every, um, it feels harder than ever to make our bold predictions than we always make. Um, on this show because even if it ends up looking similar to the world before it will have gotten there for a new reason like uh, we're definitely looking at some new era of entertainment so it's hard to say like we I don't feel confident to predict um the state of movies in like reboots in a few years. So All right. So, now let's look at next of uh, what's next for the DCEU. Right. And there's two questions that have to be asked. And look, we got to look what is the current status of the DCEU. Now, they had they tried to launch the Snyderverse between Man of Steel and Justice League. It it didn't work, and they restarted with Aquaman. Yeah. And now, even though I don't I don't get it, Wonder Woman has divided fans, and now their two newest movies, Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984, are divided fans. Yeah. And Wonder Woman was the one movie from the Snyder era that worked. So... Even though I, I, I don't get why people are talking about how this is a steaming pile of garbage. When I think it's very good. Yeah, I don't I don't I I can't do get you into think, that headspace, I don't know. Do you think this movie hurts the franchise or maybe will I mean, do you think it may get better over t- like the reception may get better over time or well how has this movie affected the overall DCEU? Yeah, I this to me this is makes things so confusing to me because like I I was it just seems like to it's confusing cuz to me it feels like okay, there's really an opportunity to get going in a new direction 
and reinvigorate the interest in this entire franchise. But that just isn't how other people seem to be responding to it. Like, I and I really don't know if the mixed reaction is going to result in people going like, that's it. The one thing we cared about, the sequel wasn't good. I don't care about the DCEU anymore. Or if, uh, um, I mean, to me, the reality of it being a pretty solid entry um, will is a good sign for uh, the future. But I don't know, do even think, if it is, I don't know if pe- that's how people respond to it. Do you think, now we know right now it's dividing people, do you think over time it will have a better appreciation where maybe people too hyped for it or could it in time have more appreciation or is it like this is the way it is it will just divide people forever i mean i would think that people might appreciate it more over time but i guess only because i don't i still don't get why people didn't like it so I, I don't know. This it, it's really a loss for me. I don't uh I don't know what to think about what other people think anymore. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, like for me, look, I didn't like Birds of Prey, but it feels like we just had two big wins with DC in Joker and Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And we got two exciting, real exciting things in The Batman and The Flash. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's like, I think the future, like this movie compounded with what's coming next. We just had Joker. It feels like DC's in a better place than they've been since March 2010 when they announced a third Nolan Batman movie and that he was going to produce a Superman reboot. Like, it feels like they're in the best place they've been in 10 years. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me, but I just, the unexpected reception threw a wrench into it to me, uh, so I don't know what to think anymore. My, It feels like we are in that exact era. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, so, where's the DCU go now from here? Because, I mean, I guess we can't really count the Batman since it's outside, right? I mean, it... Uh, if Batman is good, it helps the DCEU. Yeah, it, it it helps. Yeah. So we have the Suicide Squad coming up next, which I don't really care about because I'm not a big James Gunn fan. Mm-hmm. But we do have, I would say, the most important m- movie for the DCEU since Batman vs. Superman coming out. In 2022, The Flash. Yes. So... The Flash is going to be their first attempt at crossover in Cinematic Universe, really since BVS, because Justice League at that point was a bit of a lost cause. Mm-hmm. And right now, like, that's a risk, right? We yeah. They tried a Cinematic Universe. It failed with their first crossover. Now they're trying again. And they're taking probably the biggest risk yet in bringing in people's nostalgia by having Michael Keaton appear. Now remember, 
Big risk, bigger chance of a reward. Yeah. So, now Wonder Woman has divided people. Does the future of the DCEU, of this continuity, from Wonder Woman 3 to Aquaman 2, does it all depend on the Flash? I say, I think yes. Yeah, this is the, like the end. This point. is where everything's on the line. For sure. So, if, like, if it's good, if people like it, then I think we have a shared cinematic universe. Yeah. But if it's not, if people don't like it, you know, The Flash, the first big crossover, the return of Michael Keaton... Does Wonder Woman 3 even happen? Or is it divisive sequel, which I still don't get. Divisive Mm. sequel, once again, a failed attempt to launch a universe. Is it over? I think that was my my whole... thing. Like I, the the wrench that was thrown into this due to uh, the reception to this um, uh, really does make me unsure. Like I, I, I just I don't know if Wonder Woman three is gonna happen anymore. But I also, to me, from my perspective, it feels like, of course, and it needs to. But um, I guess I would say if. If uh, the Flash doesn't follow through and give it the revival, then the third Wonder Woman would probably be like the last thing. But I would they do a third Wonder Woman, or is it just it's over? We have to just focus on the Batman and try again later. Well, I yeah, I guess it's my thinking was just that then then it would be for sure that the last thing would be Wonder Woman, if that at all. Um, Just final thoughts real quick. All right, so... Well, yeah, I guess um, you went last last time, so I guess you can go first. Sure. Let's wrap it up. Final thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984. All right, well, um, so to me, this film was really everything I always hope a superhero movie would be. It was fun and action-packed and poignant, and you care about the characters. The stakes are, make sense, uh, and uh, it just really was everything I wanted this version of the character to be. And, uh, like I said, it's, uh, quite probably my favorite, uh, DCEU movie, certainly. Um, and also probably even favorite DC movie post-2012, as we were saying. Um. Or post-2011, because it does beat Dark Knight Rises. (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah, post-2011. Um. Yes. So really, um, it it's it, it's not perfect, but it it pretty wonderfully followed through on a lot of my expectations, and uh, 
Um, yeah, to me, it makes me uh, very excited for the character. Uh, if they can please be a third one, it would, I'd be very excited. Great villains, even though the the way it was oriented wasn't the best. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't understand the response to it. I thought it wasn't two thumbs up. Oh, yes. So, there you go. All right, now for me, final thoughts on Wonder Woman 1984. I had some very high expectations for this movie to be following the similar vein to Superman 2 and The Dark Knight. And while there's definitely some issues, Cheetah, a bit of the runtime, some stuff that could have easily been cut, Yeah, I was very happy with how this movie turned out I loved a classic Wonder Woman story that felt like it felt like a return to an era I've wanted to return to for a long time. The Richard yeah. Donner era Superman, the Tim Burton era Batman. It was really nice to revisit those eras again because we don't see that that much anymore. So yeah. I think Wonder Woman is a great throwback. Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I thought so too. It felt like a return to an era that I didn't even personally have that much of a connection <laughs> to, but I felt it regardless. Uh, yes. So well, well done. Yes. Well, guys, there we go for this episode of Common Section, our Wonder Woman 1984 special. Apparently a little controversial of an episode because we didn't uh, crap on it the whole time. But yeah, I yes. guess so. <laughs> I guess it's like Last Jedi. All over. Well, maybe not as much. Or yeah, Last Jedi is a special strain of. <laughs> like I haven't kept up, but I would be surprised if Wonder Woman '84 was that controversial. I maybe I'm wrong, <laughs> but. Um. But yeah, uh, yeah. Like it's better to be on the side of liking something because we get to enjoy something. Um, yes, it's always better. It's uh, honestly. When those crash rolls, like, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> it was really like, half the people don't like it. There's one in two chances. I was like, oh, oh, I had sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, So that's it. Um, That's it, guys. We told, we gave our thoughts on Wonder in 1984. We even talked about Superman, too. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? Yeah. Sometimes you'll walk through life wondering, why did no one else like this movie? You'll trip, and you realize you're falling, falling, falling. And you realize that, hey, it's a, there's Wonder Woman in an invisible jet. Maybe she can save me before I hit the splat. Because would you fall down? You have fallen down that rabbit hole, and you're going to keep at it.